deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock door it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I'm your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I had a little so I have I have three monitors set up here. Oh no. <laughs> My setup for the longest time recording this podcast has been Audacity in the middle. Discord on the left, and then on my little monitor, which is really just my, like, tablet, mm-hmm. um, that's where I, like, keep my notes and stuff on, on the right side. So I, I kind of have, like, the I, I have like the command chair here. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was all set up. I, I decided that I was going to mix it up a little bit, because I was like, you know, I don't, I don't need Audacity on, like, the middle monitor. That's stupid. I should put the stuff that I'm reading on the middle monitor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set it all up. And and th- this will be completely smooth. No, nobody listening to this episode could possibly tell, you know, what, what what's going on here. Uh-huh. I froze up there in the intro because I looked at my middle monitor and didn't see Audacity and was like, wait, fuck, did I, <laughs> did I not hit record? Oh, no. I thought you were going to tell me that on one of your monitors you had the intro written out. And I was like, I don't think you need that. No, I, I, if, I think that I, if you, if you, like, walked up to me, you know, if we, if we were hanging out or uh-huh. if, like, we met in public or something and, and you said, and one and two and three and or something, yeah, yeah. I would just, like, like, say the intro, like, like, just unprompted. I would, I would be, it's a Pavlovian response at this point, I think. Well, next time we hang out, I'll have to try that. <laughs> I'll report back. <laughs> Well, would you like to 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 dive into a into a world of mystery before we get into the vampire talk this week? I love a world of mystery. A world a world of mystery, of intrigue, of of suspense and and drama. Mm-hmm. We have a rare Stephanie Meyer Twilight related news segment this week. Exciting. There is a new book, uh uh Corinne, a novel by Rebecca Morrow that has kind of been, I guess, kicking around. I, I noticed this on, like, the Twilight subreddit, but it, it's been kicking around a couple of, like, book blogs and stuff. Some people think that this this new author, Rebecca Morrow, because in the About the Author segment, the... Um, uh, 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 the author is just, is just listed as... Rebecca Morrow is a pseudonym of a best, uh, New York Times bestselling author. People have just been, like, trying to figure out who it is mm-hmm. and uh stephanie meyer i guess has rocketed up to like one of the number one candidates people are arguing about on on reddit and on book riot and a few other literature book sites talk. book talk i think yes. it's on book talk i wonder if goodreads i didn't ch- ch- think to check goodreads does does is there a goodreads page for corinne there must be yeah is, i don't know if the book's out yet. let's let's, let's check it out yeah let's take a look let us see 3.58 stars okay Top review. The only reason I picked this up is because there's a rumor floating around the internet that Rebecca Morrow is a pseudonym for Stephanie Meyer of Twilight fame. It, it does seem like the intended goal here is to make people argue about this, if that makes any <laughs> sense. Yeah. I feel like if you are using a pseudonym to like truly hide yourself or whatever, you would not write in, in your... <laughs> 
about the author section uh, that that it is a pseudonym for a best-selling author, right? That that's like a challenge for people. Yeah, I would say that most. Okay, not most of the top reviews, but like one in three or four of them mentions the pseudonym component here. Does does anyone leap out as a prime candidate here? It just is people saying, I heard there was a rumor that it was Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> so um, this, I, I'll read this from the, the Book Riot blog post on this. There, there, there are a few reasons people think that this is Stephanie Meyer. Uh, the speculation began with, with this Reddit post that points to Stephanie Meyer of Twilight fame writing as Rebecca Morrow. The author bio for Corinne simply says Rebecca Morrow is a pseudonym for a New York Times bestselling author. The clues the poster and other readers present sound convincing enough. The book is about a woman leaving a fundamentalist church, and Meyer is affiliated with the LDS church. Corinne is also the name of a city in Utah that was founded as anti-Mormon. Stephanie Meyer and Rebecca Morrow are both three-syllable first, two-syllable last names. (laughs) And add in the content coincidences, like usage of the word imprint and general stylistic choices or plot points, and it becomes even more convincing. Um, So... Where where do you land on on, on this? Do, 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 are you convinced by this argument at all? Like, like what? Do you, how do you feel about this? I read an excerpt of Corinne, and I don't think it sounds like her at all. Mm. So that's just a gut feeling on my part. Like, I read it, and and to be fair, I am reading Midnight Sun, which is her most recent published novel, I think. Um, and it just it doesn't. It doesn't have her voice. Um, sure. And, and so much being rooted in that as, as sounding like her. I just disagree with that. Yeah. I The the writing thing feels spurious. Stephanie Meyer, like, I, I think that she is a better writer than sort of pop culture gave her credit for, at least like technically. But like, there's not much about her style word choice wise, like specific language wise that I would point to and say like, oh, that is her trademark, right? Mm-hmm. If I if I had to like look at something and, and gauge whether or not it was a specific author, I, I, I don't know if I gravitate towards word choice. I'd be like looking at like, how are these themes showing up? You know, like what what's the subject matter? How does the, the POV character think? Yeah, yeah. They say they say writers always tell the same story, right? Exactly, right. The the thing that I think is the biggest jump here that seems to be the biggest piece of evidence, quote unquote, that a lot of these posts and articles are leaning on is that the book is about someone leaving a fundamentalist Christian church. Not the Mormon church, not never mentioned by name <laughs> in the book, by the way. Just just is leaving a church. But people assuming that, like, oh, well, she must be writing under a pseudonym to, like, not piss off the, the, the Mormons or whatever, like, said very ominously <laughs> in all of these posts, right? Yeah. And I just don't know. I feel like that's a little, there, there's maybe an air of condescension to some of these these theories, right? Yeah, it almost feels like wish fulfillment to me. Like, oh, I like Twilight. I wish she wasn't Mormon. <laughs> right. Like, like, like if you, you know, it's 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 one thing to have have criticisms of 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 the Mormon Church. I, you know, I, I have plenty. But like, theorize that oh, this book is about 
someone, you know, wrestling with their faith, it must be this famous author who is Mormon. Just like, like this, like the idea that the, if she's, she's Mormon, she must inherently reach a point, you know, where she will be struggling with it. Right. Yeah. Again, I think that that's wish fulfillment, right? Like Mm -hmm. that would be cool, I guess, if this was real, but I don't think Mm -hmm. that that's evidence that it's real. Just the fact that there isn't, I, I, I don't think I'm I'm not aware of any any like religious discourse from Stephanie Meyer one way or the other, right? Really. It just seems like it is it is part of who she is and, and, and sort of part and parcel with all her writing, but but certainly not like a topic she's interested in writing about, right? This would be like a first for her to write anything about the church. Um and, and to just assume <laughs> assume that she well she must she must hate it is very very weird she uh she left the left the mormon church to join the bts army (laughs) there's there's another uh piece of evidence cited in 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 the reddit post in the article that says uh that the main character's hair color is described a lot and and I would just like to say that that if that is the evidence you're going with, then it might as well be J.K. Rowling. <laughs> plenty plenty of other authors who uh, who who you could could accuse of being this this author. It's the Maya Immortal author finally revealed. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Rebecca Morrow. <laughs> um, it's it, it's complicated, right? Because I I think that if if this was just like any author. That people were like trying to dig into the life of that might be a little uncomfortable, but the fact that I, I think that this does feel a little bit like a marketing stunt and a challenge, right? Like like saying that it is a pseudonym for a New York Times bestselling author is just like that. That feels like the marketing budget right there, right? Yeah, like, yeah, with a Jody Pickholt pull quote on the cover, <laughs> right? I yes. mean, come on, it seems to be working, right? People are buying and reading the book to figure this out. Yeah, yeah, I read an excerpt. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, 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 I don't. It, I'm in a weird halfway spot where I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out to be Stephanie Meyer, but I'm not banking on it, and I think that, I think that assuming it has to be her because of this like <laughs> very, very complicated logic of like, well, it's about leaving a church and she's part of a church. <laughs> I, I I think that, that that's the wrong tree to be barking up here. I just don't know what people are talking about when they say that the writing sounds the same. I mean, I if I found out I was wrong, I'd be like, wow, I guess that's she's really flexing on yeah. me. But when I read these t- two things, I'm like, this is not written by the same person. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that that's another thing, too, right? Is it's like if this is if this is being written under a pseudonym and being marketed as a book written under a pseudonym maybe i would assume that whoever was doing it would be would be like stretching their legs on like maybe an intentionally different style right mm-hmm. like sure like uh, that's another thing that makes the word choice thing feel so like like loose of a foundation to to base a, a guess on is it's like If I was writing something under a pseudonym, I think the first thing I would do is, like, open up something else I'd written, look at what all of my most used words are, and then not use them, right? Like, Make a word cloud. uh, (laughs) Um, I don't know who who it is who can say. I just think that if you're going to be 
emailing Stephanie Meyer and asking her anything. It shouldn't be, are you the writer of this book? It should be, did you know that Junku from BTS dressed up as a vampire and talked about Twilight recently? <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I guess I guess we'll keep an eye on this one. We'll see who who gets revealed as this mystery author in this in this sexy thriller, but we've got a lot of Twilight to get to this week. We do. Technically the end of the book. Technically the end of the book, although I, I guess I guess at the end of the episode when we're when we do our what's reading next, we'll talk about the funky epilogue structure here. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh let's 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 take it away into Vampire Town. Yeah. I believe we're starting with Midnight Sun this week. We are. So I've got um three chapters this week. Um and it's purely because Bella is like unconscious in the hospital. Uh, so, of course, you have to find out what Edward is doing during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go through. I think that we do them one at a time because they yeah. shouldn't take too long. Not much happens. Um, okay. And then we'll do the last chapter together. Uh, but my first chapter is chapter 27, uh, and it's called Chores, uh, which felt like a bad omen, but I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised. Um, Good. Yeah. This um, chapter uh, wholly revolves around um, Alice... Hatching a plan that feels a bit like a reverse heist or like a reverse mystery, sort of. Um, and she's doing it entirely in her own head um, because Edward is reading her mind as she is forming the plan. Um, and the plan is as follows. Um, Alice is going to go to the hospital and steal some blood bags um, of Bella's blood type. Um, next, she is going to go check into a hotel room and using her vampire charm and Jasper's watch, she is going to suggest to the hotel attendant that her clock is fast. So there's a record of her at the room earlier than Bella gets to the hospital uh, with her wounds. Um, she is going to throw herself out of a window uh, and down a stair, well, down a stairwell and out of a window. And then she's going to pour the contents of the blood bags on the sidewalk. Um, she then charms a car wash attendant and tells him that someone threw up tomato sauce in the car and that they need it detailed. That's the car uh, that they transported Bella in that is full of blood. Um, Alice then calls the attendant at the hotel and says there's going to be a ter- there's been a terrible accident. Her friend fell down the stairs and out of a window and that she's bringing her to the hospital, but suggests hopefully with some vampire charm that the um, hotel attendant clean up the mess so that no one gets hurt by all the broken glass Um, she's then, after Bella is dropped off at the hospital, she's going to go shopping and get some new clothes for everyone and four mismatched suitcases. Emmett's going to get on a plane with a suitcase full of new clothes. Jasper's going to take the suitcase full of bloody clothes and drive home in Carlisle's Mercedes. Um, he takes the suitcase of bloody clothes and swims to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean to drop it off. Um, And then he'll go back to Forks. Emmett's going to tow Bella's truck down to Phoenix, um, since I think Charlie thought that she drove it there. Um, And that is going to be their grand cover-up as to why Bella is showing up at the hospital with a broken leg and a bunch of head wounds. That is so delightful. It is delightful. Um, It's um, completely ridiculous and implausible. And is like so much fun. This is this is, I think, the first moment that I have had something mentioned offhand in my chapter 
that was expanded upon in this way that I just think that is like a hundred percent like fun fan servicey explanation of a, of a line. Right. There is a very quick moment in in my chapter where Edward says that Alice had quote too much fun <laughs> uh, setting up a. It, it, I, what what does he say? He he alludes to Alice having way too much fun creating an alibi, and they just they just breeze past it. Yeah, I mean this this entire chapter it was like oh time to write the alibi chapter. That is so weird. That is this could have been what this whole book was, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, it, it should have been. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that that is such a fun premise to expand to expand upon. I I am delighted just to hear that. That is so so good. Even if it is complete nonsense, right? Like it it, it, it what what a what a what a wacky idea. Yeah, and the way it's written is really fun too. I I think I called it like a reverse heist, but mm-hmm. I guess it's more of a reverse mystery because they're setting up a mystery for someone that's never going to get solved. But it has mm-hmm. the like cadence of a heist in that it's like the planning phase, right? Mm-hmm. Because Edward is reading her mind and she's like sort of going through it, and then there's these fun moments where it's like, oh, someone noticed the blood on my shoes. Time to rewind. Jasper, I need your watch so I can like distract oh. the hotel attendant and do that. And she's all doing it with this future site to see what could go wrong or even like kind of going back to it and be like, oh, I went to the mall to um, to buy us new clothes, but I was like so, so fashionable that no one looked at my shoes. So nobody noticed mm-hmm. they were all bloody. Um, it's It's quite fun. That's really cute. So so she's sort of like using her future sight powers to like engineer the most like the the most airtight alibi in real time. Mhm. That's so cool. What yeah. a fun use of the powers there. Like oh, that's that's I this is like the first time I've been like just 100% jealous of your chapter. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a good one. We're following Alice through Edward and and, and Alice is like doing her her mind mind palace stuff, mm-hmm. right? How is how is Edward like is, does it feel like a joint scene with both of these characters or is this like Edward is like being a weird camera for Alice in this moment? Mm, he's like a weird camera for sure, but it it plays out Honestly, like, very cinematic to me. It reminds Mm. me a lot of a scene where, like, one character is setting a stage and telling a story, and then every once in a while, Edward will, like, interject, and Mm -hmm. she'll be like, no, no, it's fine, and keeps going. One of the things (laughs) that kind of happens earlier is that, um, like, she has to set up the scene to happen before Bella gets to the hospital, or rather, the evidence has to point to it happening before she's there. And mm-hmm. so it kind of delays when Bella gets to check into the hospital, and Edward kind of interjects during this scene, and Alice has to be like, no, it's fine, I've seen that it's fine, she can wait. And then it mm. kind of just goes back to the narrative. Does she work forwards or backwards here? She works forwards. It's it's chronological. Okay, okay. So she starts with like the first the first like thing she needs to do and then builds the other stuff on top of that. Mhm. That's cool. It is cool. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't I don't have much to say about this. I'm like, wow, this is cool. Just asking little questions. It just sounds like so much fun that it's having here. Yeah, I mean, it is all the fun of a high like a heist planning scene, mm-hmm. right? Where even it's like the characters are acting out the heist ahead of time. I guess that's like sort of the uh trade-off, right? Is that 
part of the heist planning scene that's so much fun is seeing things go wrong later. Mm-hmm. Right? And you don't get that here. But it yeah. feels it this chapter feels so much like fluff that I can't really like poke holes in it in that way. Yeah, totally, totally. And so you um like as a heist planning scene, with the way that she is being she is able to like see variables right with her with her with her mind powers mm-hmm. um do do you get the sense that this is inspired maybe more by like specifically heist movies than it is like any like a like heist liter like like a like a like a heist novel right because what I, what i'm what i'm picturing just just hearing you describe it is like the the the, the, the kind of scene in like oceans 11 or something where a character is explaining what they are going to do in one moment while the editing is showing you them doing it in the future. Right. And then like kind of catching up to that point. Like there's a character explaining something earlier chronologically as it's happening in the film, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%, especially because we never, we know that she does the plan, but we don't, it's not like the plan ever happens. It just is happening at the same time, based like as far as yeah. we're concerned, reading it, like she's got, she's got, like she, she has. It's this is a, this is such a funny thing to think about in in a in a book because and and I think this is one of the only ways you could set it up this way because like like the, I'm just I'm just thinking of like the scenes in Ocean's Eleven or something right where like where like Danny Ocean is saying like okay so. At, at, at twelve o'clock, the, the uh, uh, you guys will go to the casino dressed as uh, the uh, bank attendants or whatever, right? And but like it's happening on the screen, yeah, right. And and that's something that's very easy to do in a visual medium, but but honestly, feels maybe kind of difficult to do in in writing. And this is a, a kind of a funny, clever way to like get that same kind of a thing across in a in a in a written form. It, I, I this is very very interesting. Yeah, I'll I'll read a little snippet of it just to kind of give you an impression of how it reads. I kind of wanted to find one of the places where another character interjects, but I can't quite find a good spot. Um, But even here, it's very literal. It felt like watching in real time as she ran through the check-in at the hotel. Uh, Alice strides into the modest lobby of the hotel. On her, the maroon-dyed shoes and the long hoodie tied around her waist look like a fashion statement. The woman at the desk is alone. She looks up, not very interested at first, but then she processes Alice's stunning face. She stares with awe, barely noticing that Alice's hands are free. But Alice is dissatisfied. The vision rewinds. Alice is back in the hospital, exiting the blood bank with her pockets full of four cold, quietly sloshing bags. She makes the shortest detour, ducking into a curtained-off treatment area. Um, blah, blah, blah. Alice is back in the hotel lobby. She wears no sweatshirt, and the duffel bag is slung over her shoulder. The woman behind the counter does her double take. There's nothing wrong with the picture now. Edward literally starting this off with uh, uh, appearing in real time, or, yeah. or whatever yeah. it was there. Like... <laughs> So it totally is. This is this is a that is a really clever novel idea that that, that could only work with these characters, like with this characters or this pair of characters combination of powers. Yeah, it's kind of genius. <laughs> so that is so funny, and like what a what a simple thing to find to do with all of that, like like. Like on paper, this idea is kind of ridiculous, right? Like, like we we have a novel with a vampire who can 
who can see the future, which is not like a traditional vampire power. We have a vampire who can read minds, who is reading the mind of the person who can think into the future. And what they are doing with it is showing you like, <laughs> like a bit from a bit from hustle on BBC America. <laughs> Which is like like that that sounds insane, but it's kind of awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the things that are happening are just completely absurd, but it does it with such confidence mm-hmm. and style that I'm just okay with it, I guess. Midnight Sun Midnight Sun is a fucking long book, right? Oh my god, it is. And like it it devotes so much time to over explaining scenes that we were both of us sort of felt like we'd be happy with it, like, just glossing over. I, I think the most ridiculous one that I can think of is Edward reading Pride and Prejudice over Bella's shoulder in a tree. <laughs> yeah, and then being like, Edmund, why she's why is she upset? Who's she dreaming about? Yeah. <laughs> like, like that is... I, I can see where the idea came from there, but, like, that is that is so ludicrous. This this having a little fun with an offhand line Edward says in in my chapter, and and sort of like you because you it's it's risky right because because when 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 you're doing something like explaining away the fact that like a uh, a guy got ripped into shreds and there's a car full of blood and there was a huge loud fight and nobody seemed to notice or whatever. And also this woman has a mysterious injury. Um, you, you can't linger too long on that because then the reader will start asking questions about that stuff. And mm-hmm. I think the way that my chapter does it, which I'll, we'll get into way later, obviously, but just to relate it to this, it, I think it does it like fairly elegantly. Like it just sort of alludes to it and it, it, it sort of makes it clear. It's like, don't worry about it. Right. Like, so, like, like you don't need to, it, the vampire solve the problem. Right. Yeah, As, and so I think this is like this sounds risky to like to like go into the details of how the vampire solved the problem because I feel like it could very easily become stupid or or just like ruin this thing that skated by on just not being important previously. Mm-hmm. But this is a really cool way to do it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Is like there's so many details that are really stupid, and it's like. I have to I have to turn off my cinema sins brain a little bit. <laughs> like I'm like this car wash attendant is not going to think this is vomited up tomato juice. Right. Like, that just is not real. Um the like the hotel attendant like cleaning up two blood bags worth of blood instead of calling the police, that's not real. <laughs> Right. Like I said, it's stylish. It's funny. It's like, I see so clearly how she got here of being like, oh, well, how would they cover this up? (laughs) I just love the idea. I love the idea of Alice from Twilight basically being like a really hot girl version of Mike Ehrmantraut from Breaking Bad. Like, just the problem problem solver. (laughs) Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the detailer, and we're going to tell them that someone spilled a whole (laughs) lot of tomato juice all over the back seat. Then I am going to go to the hotel, and I'm going to throw myself out of the window. I got some blood from the hospital that is the same blood type as Bella, and I am going to spill it all over the crime scene. That way, as long as Bella gets to the hospital after all of this is reported... (laughs) 
We shouldn't have any problem. <laughs> exactly. It's very funny that Jasper has um like the mood altering powers, right? Mm-hmm. Because what is what is the like what what is a future sight ability if not like the ultimate mood alteration tool, right? Like right. Because you could just, like, sit there, imagine, like, Al- Alice is really the most overpowered of all the vampires, it feels like. Yeah. And and I think it's sort of a fun, I wouldn't even call it an inversion, or, but, like, it, it's, it's fun for her to get something silly to do with it, right? As a big flex. Yeah. I, 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 it, it's in a funny spot where, like, so much of this book's story could have been avoided if she had like thought further ahead earlier about a lot of stuff yes um but i i think at least giving her really entertaining stuff to do with that power makes that go down easier yeah i mean i mean i think that alice is at her best when she seems the most inhuman um Mm -hmm. and i think that when it happens it is really unintentional Mm mm-hmm a lot of the time, but I don't think that at least in Midnight Sun, she has ever felt so inhuman as she is does during this chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not because she's a vampire; it's because she's a future sight, yeah, person, right? And she's so detached from any worry about Bella or any of the emotions going on with any of the other characters because she's already seen it all and she knows mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And, and like, there's all this stuff in here about how much fun she's having and like this, like bespoke wristwatch that she's borrowing from Jasper. She goes shopping and has a great time and buys Emmett some clothes that are going to look really great on him. <laughs> uh, goes to the gap, by the way. Um, oh, <laughs> I, yeah, she's really, uh, uh, finding the the hidden gems uh, at the gap, um, but but she's she's a little eerie. D- does it kind of feel like she's playing the Sims with all these people? Yeah, kinda. Like like the way that she's treating like this attendant or the the like the um, the detailer or whatever. Like like her just like running scenarios and going like, oh, they're gonna react poorly if I do this. Well, I'll do this. It's like it's like she has. Or it's like she's playing an RPG with a guide up or something. And just mm-hmm. like like she's just not she's not part of the story really. She is she is like above it all in a in a in a very cool way, I think. It oh, it is a little yeah. spooky. It's fun and awesome, and I don't think that she's supposed to feel inhuman, but she super does. That's kind of a running theme with Alice in both our books now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all the hotel chapters I really, really loved. And, 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 and at this point, it's like, it doesn't really matter if it was intentional or not, I don't think. It's like, oh. it, it just works super well with her now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's cool that it keeps happening. Yeah. I, I think that my... my takeaway from this one is sort of realizing that it has more to do with her seeing the future than it does with mm-hmm. her being a vampire because none of the yes. other vampires seem inhuman right no no it, it, it's funny too because i think the book the book like has multiple times like it, it, or twilight has multiple times like while they were in the hotel like talked about how they're all like equally weird right or like like e- equally like impossibly beautiful and smart and talented or whatever but, like, that's not what I get when I see Jasper, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jasper is still, number one, 
like has said the most affecting human thing in the whole story, which is the "you're worth it" line he says out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. He he does not come off the same way that Alice does, who who just just is even when she's being like really warm and 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 a little XD, she's like she she's just a little just a little a little too much, you know, like a little mm-hmm. just not quite right, which is cool. I I I like her a lot. Um, this is a really stupid question, but I, I gotta know. You mentioned that she borrows Jasper's watch to do this this heist. Yeah. Um, do we get? Do, are we getting watch brand details? Is she like, oh, I gotta borrow Jasper's Patek Philippe or something like that? Um, yes, and I don't think I know how to pronounce it, but let me find it. Oh fuck yes. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it looks like Brigoot. <laughs> R- wait, Br- it looks like what? Brigoot. Brigoot. B-R-E-G-U-E-T. Brigay. Oh, yeah, 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 Br- uh, Yes, Brigeot, I think. <laughs> I, See, I maybe? guessed about three different ones. <laughs> I, well, well, here's the thing. I, I could be equally wrong because, I, it, to me, that just looks like how people say, uh, uh, p- 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 now I can, Peugeot, per- I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say it the, the, the dumbass English way, which is, it's a Peugeot. Um, which I know is not, like, right, but I I at least maybe think the Ja is right. (laughs) But yes, Yes. and it is a bespoke one of those as well. I know. Let's, let me just, real quick, let's go to the shopping tab and see how much that would be. Okay, $16,000 is one of them. That's no problem when you have a have a whole wing of your house dedicated to your hacking activities. That's also something that like is a detail that keeps coming up over and over again in this chapter is which credit cards she's using. Like in one <laughs> case, she uses like her real ID and then she uses like a different credit card at the mall at the gap than she does at the hotel and all this stuff. That's very cute. I'm I am I'm currently experiencing the worst case of sticker shock I've ever had in my life seeing the Google shopping tab give me a low price alert on one that I scrolled to that is $55,000. <laughs> <laughs> Why is she going to the gap if she's got this kind of money? That is the most like Stephanie Meyerism <laughs> thing is to name drop this like bespoke watch from like Googling like most expensive most, watch. Yeah, exactly. And then being like, oh, where's the cute clothes at the mall? The Gap. <laughs> I don't say that as an insult. It just no. is so. Wow. No, it's just like. <sighs> Nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with with shopping at the Lord knows I can't afford any of the, I probably can't afford to shop at the Gap. I'm just saying, like, if you're writing a character as being, like, insanely, impossibly rich and swaggy, it's so funny to go from, oh, I have a Peugeot, to I'm gonna go and buy some clothes at the Gap. It's like if James Bond walked into Oshkosh Bagosh or something. It's so funny. <laughs> Lupin the Third stopping off at the Outlet Mall. Like, it's just really good. That's right. And I think I would even buy it if it was like, oh, they need to blend in. Except, yeah, yeah. Except she's like, this is this is going to be great for Emmett's wardrobe. He's going to love this. <laughs> he is going, I'm borrowing Jasper's $50,000 watch to go and buy, <laughs> to go and buy Emmett a $115 sweater. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's really good. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Um, speaking of Emmett, I have yeah. one like aside from this chapter that doesn't. It's like you know one of these things that's not like the others, and that it's not part of the heist plan or whatever. Um, but there's a little bit about um, Jasper and Emmett because um, before we get to the heist, Emmett is like super bummed out because he had a hold of the tracker during the fight and the tracker was like thrashing around and trying to get away and all this stuff. Mm. And it wasn't until Jasper showed up that the tracker like gave up and he like succumbed to his own death because Jasper looked so violent and dangerous. Um, And Emmett is like, 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 Oh, but he didn't give up when I had him. It's very weird. I almost made a post on the subreddit about it. I was almost like, Hey, new, (laughs) I've never posted on Reddit before, but what the hell is up with this? That's really weird. Like is the implication that Jasper's power is, has like an evil mode. Or something? I think so. I, I'm pretty sure. But it's weird because Edward is like, thinks that he'll have to tell Emmett later that Jasper has like a, a power that he used in the meadow to conceal himself. So maybe it was the first time that he'd ever seen Jasper. But like I said, it's really confusing. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah, because Jasper huh. like hid himself. And yeah. then... I mean, I guess I'll just read it because it's it's yeah. really bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Emmett, he's mulling over his dissatisfaction with the fight because honestly, he'd had the tracker totally contained, though the tracker fought and squirmed and thrashed to avoid Emmett's crushing arms. There was no chance any of the struggle could have helped him and Emmett was already breaking him when Jasper lunged into the blood-drenched room. Jasper, mangled and ferocious, eyes sharp and empty at the same time, looking like some forgotten god or incarnation of war, projecting an aura of pure violence, and the tracker had stopped trying in the fraction of a second when he saw Jasper for the first time, but Emmett didn't know that he'd surrendered to his fate. Wait, Emmett didn't know that. Emmett didn't know when in that fraction of a second when he saw Jasper for the first time because he didn't see Jasper in the meadow because Jasper was using his stealth spell. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. That part I at least understand. Yes. But what is is it that Edward feels he has to tell Emmett about this? That's the part Uh, I'm confused about. Yeah, me too. Um... Someday soon, I would have to describe to Emmett what he looked like, Jasper, or no. Someday soon, I would have to describe to Emmett what he'd looked like in the clearing and why. I doubted anything else would soothe the sting. Huh. And I'm like, Whoa. and that's what it's like he looked like in the clearing. Is and that I'm, referring to, to Jasper or is that referring to, to James? I have no clue that is really bizarre i've I've read it like 10 (laughs) times trying to figure out what it is in reference to yeah like i said i almost made a post about it like who is it saying that he hadn't seen jasper then why would he look like that in the clearing it doesn't make any sense to me that is that is bizarre i yeah i don't know what that means I, I could see it going either way and that like like James didn't see Jasper in the clearing because of his power. That makes sense. Yep. Or 
Emmett hadn't seen how Jasper looked because how Jasper looked is what, or uh, sorry, uh, how how James looked. J- Emmett didn't see how James looked because that how James looked is what set Edward off, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know why that's relevant to right. the situation. That's bizarre. I, it is bizarre. I, I, I'm like maybe I, I missed something in the clearing. It, I thought that he was just cloaked or stealthed or something. Um, yeah, I, but I, it's a I, weird one. I could just be completely forgetting like a, like a, a moment from that chapter because that was a few weeks ago now that we did that one. Um, but off the top of my head, I'm just like I have no idea who that's referring to. Yeah, if there's any Twihards out there that. Yeah. That know what this is referring to. I'd love to know. Like, I, I huh. almost made a post. I, like, searched the subreddit for it. And I got nothing. That's very interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't even guess. <laughs> yeah. How about that description of Jasper, though? Yeah, he sounds Forgotten pretty f- God or incarnation of war. Sounds Why pretty fucking cool. Why did he get the cool, cool moment? Yeah. That sounds badass. Edward wasn't looking like an aura of pure violence. No. And also Emmett was like crushing James with his like giant arms. That's also pretty cool, honestly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Two, two insanely cool guys here mm-hmm. doing most of the work. <laughs> yep. Uh, anything else in this chapter or should we move to your second one? Let's move to my second one. Okay. Um, This is chapter 28. It's called Three Conversations. Um, This chapter takes place entirely while Bella is unconscious still. Um, Edward is vigilant at her bedside um, and not much goes on other than some sort of hand waving about time passing. um, Except Edward literally frames it as like nothing is really going on except for some important conversations that happened. Um, and, And then we go into... Uh, those three conversations. Um, the first one is a phone call between Carlisle and Charlie. Um, and Carlisle is explaining uh, why <laughs> he's explaining that uh, Bella f- fell out of a window um, and also explaining why, <laughs> why the Gollins are all there in Phoenix and Carlisle is her, like, attending physician. Um, and we'll come back to the explanation of all of that. Um, the second conversation is when Renee shows up to the hospital um, and Edward and her kind of have a polite um, a polite chat, a little bit of a meet and greet, like, oh, you're my daughter's boyfriend, huh? Um, and Edward uh, has reveals some sort of interesting information that I think must be new in Midnight Sun, um, that Renee has a, like, pseudo-vampire power in that she can sort of project her, like, needs and thoughts onto other people. Um, and Edward just sort of comes to the conclusion that that must be why Bella and Renee's uh, relationship is so uh the way it is and that Bella has sort of been unconsciously like taking care of her mom because her mom has been projecting her feelings so strongly. Um, What I think the third conversation is supposed to be um, is Edward and Alice, where Alice gives Edward the camcorder for him to watch the videotape of Bella being attacked by the tracker. Um, And Edward proceeds to watch the videotape and it is the play-by-play Midnight Suns version of what your chapter was in Twilight. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, so so that's where I get the action sequence and all the stuff of James being like, I did it for the drama and all that <laughs> stuff. So it is in Midnight Sun. It just happens cool. here. Um, Edward crushes the camcorder after he watches it all. Um, 
and he goes and the place that he found to watch the um the video was in the hospital's chapel and at that moment he does what he has not done since he was a human and collapses on the ground and prays uh prays to Bella's Bella's god that um that he will protect her from him uh and that she will be safe and that is the end of my chapter huh that is so so it's funny the uh the major part of this is another uh uh, uh story beat that is uh, fully expanded upon from an offhand line in my chapter mm-hmm. bella asks and this this is a really roundabout one but bella asks edward you know do do you like like the, he he's the guy uh uh who who turned alice or whatever mm-hmm. did, did you tell her and and edward is like oh yeah i watched the i watched the tape and he's like really pissed um yeah. and then they move on um the thing about renee though i don't know how to feel about that it's wild right i was losing it i could not believe it um it's sort of because she's not doing it on purpose and he's and edward is like no one would ever know that she's doing it because but because i can read her mind i can tell that her thoughts have this like projection Mm -hmm. um and and that really is like this very literal implication that because renee is like a is like a needy person or rather projects her needs onto Bella, it's like Bella has taken this like parental role in her relationship with her mom. And mm-hmm. Edward is like, well, it's no one's fault, really. Like Renee is has this power. Um but but like it just is what it is. And then it kind of explains why Bella is like the sort of chosen one because she's the the daughter of a woman who can project her thoughts and a man who can shield them. And so she's like, Whoa, she's like special. That is bizarre. Right. I have very mixed feelings about this because I think part of what I love about, I, I mean, like I've been gushing about Bella's relationship with her family, basically this whole show right like Mm -hmm. i think that is like the one strongest thing grounding her as a character and part of it because it's so realistic i think i think this idea you know i like i i I know people who have who basically have have been raised in a way that that made them like this right like like this is not an uncommon situation i feel for, (laughs) for, for for uh for people to feel like they are they are the like the stewards of their parents really right like mm-hmm. and and it's such a fun bittersweet and like charming i mean like just 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 to reiterate everything we talked about in in previous chapters like like i i just love the like it is what it is relationship they have right where it's like it's not it's not like perfect nuclear hollywood family lo- like 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 loving family portrayal but like it's it's clearly got a lot of issues, but they but they do they do love each other stuff like that. That's so nice and 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 fun, and I think critically to this book and story, it, like it's a very human relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of in contrast to the Cullens, who are are sort of by necessity because they're hiding and pretending to be human. They kind of are 
like this weirdly too perfect human family, right? Like mm-hmm. just a little, a little, a little too good, a little too clean, right? And fi- yeah, finding out that she has special powers, and that's what's been making the that mm, mm, I'm gonna have I'm I'm gonna have to sit on that one for a while. That's really really weird. It is. It is very weird. It ends up feeling very like um that wiki page of the powers that we read because it's like it becomes so like i think that it has been implied in midnight sun before but this is the most explicit that it has been that like if you're turned into a vampire um you get a special power if you were already special as a human right like alice could see the future she she was like a seer as a human mm-hmm. and she became a vampire and she was like became really good at, at it like it amplified her yeah. special power and um in my book it very explicitly um well here it's so the the tone of edward meeting renee is so bizarre um for a moment i imagined renee as a vampire would her thoughts shout audibly at everyone inescapable i couldn't imagine that she would be very popular i was surprised to find myself smiling at the thought well and truly distracted huh <laughs> like i hmm i i i i i'm bouncing back and forth between I, I do love a reveal that a, that a minor character was more important all along. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how I feel about a woman whose power is being needy. <laughs> That's really... I will say it never says that. <laughs> <laughs> it, never, it never uses the word needy. Okay. But when, but when it, is, it is like thought feeling projection... But when the conclusion of that becomes that Bella has to take care of her mom and takes on a on a like maternal role for her own mom, I'm like, I don't know how else to read that. Yeah. And and it's weird because I think I think it if you look at it like without the the like conceit of it being a special power, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like. If there's a there's a, a slightly more elegant version of this it, it, like already there in the text which is that like Edward meeting Renee and being a hundred years old and, and probably just having you know like just incredibly good like people reading skills right mm-hmm. I feel like Edward could like pick up on exactly what kind of person Renee is and and relate basically the same thoughts about Bella that way right like like meeting some meeting anyone's family always gives you that moment of like extra understanding of who they are right mm-hmm. um and and what has been so realistic about Renee as a character is is this like the 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 way that she is a sort of aloof but also incredibly worried mother all the time mm-hmm. um you know she'll 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 fly all around the country for phil but she will still email bella about like oh my god you didn't you didn't email me by 5 p.m right like like she is sort of like being renee is is a person who's like being pulled in two different directions constantly right. um as as many people are um and and i i think that that is such a more uh honest portrayal of a, of a person and of a character than to just say that like oh well all of that 
all, all of that like communicating her needs and 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 stuff is like a special <laughs> like she's like your mom is like a really 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 low level succubus is <laughs> <So> really is <laughs> just a really odd conclusion yeah i mean it's kind of a cop out right i yeah. i feel like um in uh our shared chapter there is even a moment that you described sort of where I don't remember what exactly happens, but Bella ends up sort of having to comfort her mom about her own injury. And and Edward notices that and is like, oh, so she has to comfort her her mom when she's the one who's who's injured. But his conclusion is like, ah, well, you know, her mom has this power to project her thoughts and neediness. So Uh like, like, what can you do? Um, (laughs) So it just sort of takes away anyone's agency in the situation. And it's just like, well, that's, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's the special power. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, uh, (laughs) that's so funny. Cause it's like, what, what can you do? It's like, well, even if it's a special power, I think you could probably do some like CBT worksheets about it. I don't know. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's really, (laughs) cause, and that's the thing that I really like about like the, the, I'll, I'll get more into it. I I, honestly, this has thrown such a wrench into what my feelings on my chapter are. Oh no. Because the bulk of my chapter is a conversation between Renee and Bella that is like 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 very backwards, right? In the in the like like Edward notices Bella is a hundred percent the one who is uh, uh, comforting Renee and like being there for Renee, really, even though she's the one in traction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh and and like i i i i I like the there's not like a sense of judgment like renee is never like the evil mom right it's just like oh this is how things shook out and you can't like undo decades of parenting right in an instant Mm -hmm. it's just it's just how how it is for some people um and that worked so well (laughs) until i heard this and now i'm just like not sure how to take it anymore I mean, this must be a retcon, right? Like, this yeah. is this is her trying to explain something, and I just don't know what the angle is exactly. Maybe I God, I gotta know now if this is I, like if this is some Breaking Dawn lore that's just being like smoothed out in Midnight Sun or something. Mm-hmm. I've never heard this, but also I there's tons of stuff I've not heard because I've not read any of those books, um, right? Huh. I mean, it comes across kind of badly. He's like. Another similarity to Bella, Renee's blood was sweet. Not in the same way as Bella's, Renee's was too sweet, almost cloying. It was an interesting, if not an entirely appealing fragrance. I'd never noticed anything unusual about Charlie's scent, but combined with Renee's, it had made for something potent. Like, aside from how bizarre that is, it's, like, very dehumanizing to Bella. um, And is also just, like... It seems like he is sort of obsessed with her because of this, like, weird vampire power concoction that she yeah. is. Is it? Is there any sort of illusion or explanation of, like, like? because if, if, because Renee and Charlie are not vampires, are they? Like, no. No. I, I think it's literally just, like, some people are going to have weird powers when they become vampires, and it's like an inborn ah, power thing that you weird. have. Weird. Because I know, I know we, in the Carlisle chapter, 
we sort of got like a loose explanation of this that was like there are aspects of yourself that get amplified when you become a vampire. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really take that to mean you have like dormant powers, right? Like I, I, some people have dormant powers, right? Huh? That, yeah. hmm. (laughs) Like, cause like, like, you know, as much as I've like joked about like the tracker, right? Like I, I totally see a version of this where like, Oh, this guy who was, like, really good at hunting or was very observant when he became a vampire, that morphed into this idea that he is, like, the super tracker, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that that makes some sense. Uh, uh, Edward was, you know, I would assume, like, a, a pretty... He had, like, good people skills. He, you know, he was maybe very, um, very, a very internal, like, like, thinker. He's very empathetic. Like, that, that morphed into mind reading powers right but like this is renee just has like (laughs) renee just has like the power to be annoying (laughs) like like a guy in like a guy in uh, what we do in the shadows that's so weird i don't i really don't know how to process this yeah it's pretty bizarre and i don't know maybe i'm not being generous to it and, Mm -hmm. and maybe it's like edward is noticing these things about people in Bella's life because he loves Bella and not like the other way around. Um, yeah. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be it. It's, it's quite strange. It's a difficult line to thread. I mean, the thing it just makes me think about is because, you know, so much of Twilight is, is sort of drawing on, um, like classic love story literature stuff that Stephanie Meyer clearly loves, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like, but like, if you were reading, if you were reading some sort of like, you know, classic, uh, 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 like a like a, a Jane Austen type story, right? And I, 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 I'm sure that there are some that that do do this and try to thread this needle and do it in interesting ways. But just as like, a, if you were if you were reading something that was like a story about like, oh. We have these two characters who are separated by circumstance, but they love each other, and they're going to like cross the that they're going to like cross that divide together, right? They're going to meet in the middle somehow. Mm-hmm. And then you found out that like, oh, actually, the poor the poor lady actually uh, it turns out her family was rich all along. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, well, hmm, like like like, like that's not <laughs> that's not like. I'm not saying it's impossible to make that interesting, but it's like, well, that, that sort of like defeat, that sort of pulls the rug out from underneath the basic premise, right? Is it's like, oh, Bella is like a human ass human and Edward is a vampire ass vampire. Right. I don't know. Hmm. Huh. How's this, uh, how, how's this, uh, come to Jesus moment shake out? Um, he just, it happens to be that the chapel is the only abandoned place for him to go to watch this uh, horrible videotape that he has. Um, and it gets very um, poetic, I suppose. Um, I don't really know how even to talk about it other than to just read it. Um, so sure. I will. Um, I didn't pray to my God. I'd always instinctively known that there was no deity for my kind. It had, it made no sense for immortals to have a God. We had taken ourselves out of God's power. We created our lives and the only power strong enough to take them away was another like us. Earthquakes couldn't crush us. Floods couldn't drown us. 
Fires were too slow to catch us. Sulfur and brimstone were irrelevant. We were the gods of our own alternate universe, inside the mortal world, but over it, never slaves to its laws, only our own. There was no god that I belonged to, no one for me to supplicate. Carlyle had different ideas, and maybe, just maybe, an exception could be made for someone like him. But I wasn't like him. I was stained like all the rest of our kind. Instead, I prayed to her god, because if there was some higher benevolent power in the universe, then surely he or she or it would have to be concerned about this bravest and kindest daughter. If not, there was really no purpose to any such entity. All I had to believe, <laughs> she mattered to the dis- that distant god if one existed at all. Oh, that's almost really raw. <laughs> the whole yeah. thing about how that you know there's no god for immortals it's just us that's kind of fucking awesome um <laughs> laying it on a little thick at the very end i think yeah maybe. well it, i i hate to say it but it goes on for two more paragraphs oh, but, no. <laughs> but that's like that's probably the most succinct like part right there okay okay that's interesting um because as as we have read in interviews with stephanie meyer the the religious themes have never really been front and center in her mind when writing this so she says i i don't i don't hate it like like or, or at least i don't hate the idea of it it's just that i it we are so late in the story here and also edward has been redeemed so many times already like edward starts redeemed like we've talked about before right like um the the having this big moment just I, if anything feels a little empty because Edward has not done more fucked up stuff in this book. Yeah, he's stained from killing all of those serial killers. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's really not like like th- this is a this is like a powerful kind of moment in many stories I think, but like he the story has gone to such lengths to make him squeaky clean. Um, other than, like, like, other than the fact that he is, you know, he's unnatural, he's a vampire, it's just, like, he's not, he's not a particularly conflicted guy. His biggest conflict is that, like, oh, uh, I, I, uh, you know, I might, I might get my, my, my GF hurt, because I'm so bad, or whatever, but, like, he also, like, just overcame that in the, in the sucking scene last chapter, so, huh. Awkward place to put this, maybe. I think it's kind of interesting that he considers himself damned, not really because of the stuff that he's done, but because he, like, can't be struck down by God. Yeah. That one's really confusing because it's like, like he, unless he gets torn to shreds, he he can't die, right? I think God could, like, tear him to shreds. I think, yeah, I think if God, I think that if there, if, if we're operating in a story with a Christian worldview, then like probably God could make him die somehow. That's probably within his purview as the all seeing, all knowing, all powerful deity of this world in this story. Um, I, what I, what I, what I'd be curious about here and and this is and maybe maybe this is in the part that you didn't read or maybe this is um uh uh just missing entirely i don't know but like i would be interested in knowing if edward thinks he has a soul in this scenario right cuz he's talking about being damned and he's having this moment where he's praying to someone else's god and 
he he sort of treats it as a foregone conclusion that like that god is not for him. But so does that mean that like if if he were to like he just had an experience where a vampire died, right? Like like they tore that guy up. He is he is as vampires go dead. Yeah. Do do vampires so so and and, and assuming that because Twilight is a is a story written by or, or or like written in a sort of like 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 Western Christian story sensibility, um does that mean that like is James going to hell? Does he just cease to exist entirely? Like when vampires are out of the equation as as immortals, like what does that mean? And I don't need an answer for that, but I would like to hear Edward think about that after this experience, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it makes it kind of lazy when he goes through this list of things like fire can outrun fire, earthquakes can't crush us, but then it's like sulfur and brimstone were irrelevant. And I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. Does what that do mean, mean hell irrelevant? Is real? Like, what if he, if is, is this saying that like hell is real, but he would go there and just be like, this is boring. This is, this is, this is fine with me. <laughs> I yeah there there's like I I love the I'm I'm always a sucker for this kind of moment like in a story mm-hmm. but but it this doesn't have any any of like the 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 juice to back it up <laughs> like I I I need some I need some uh, uh I'm gonna pull out a really old Zeciism here sure uh, I'm gonna I need some Sturm and Drang here. <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, I, I, I just don't know because he's having this, he's having this like really in-depth religious experience. It's so in-depth. It goes on for many, many pages. It sounds like, um, but it also seems like his, his actual, uh, religious concerns are basically solved. Like he does not consider himself, uh, you know, part, part of that equation, even though he has a giant cross on his door. Very weird. Right. It does. So the one the one reference to a soul is that he says here at the end, I prayed to her God with all the anguish of my damned lost soul. So I'm not sure if it's like lost because he's a vampire or lost because of the all the serial killers he's killed. Mm -hmm. Um, Not really clear on that. Yeah, that's that's. And then like, where is it? Right. That's that's so close to being interesting. Yeah. I love the I love the idea of like vampires walking around believing that God is real but not for them. Like that's kind of cool. Sure. I'd like to see some exp- exploration of that. Um um like it, 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 it and it is nice that he's being very selfless on Bella's behalf, but I think the other thing that that's very odd here is that like this is a totally like like he frames it as 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 praying to Bella's god but Bella I don't remember Bella ever saying anything remotely religious so this is purely Edward's own religious angst here yes he can he can pass it off as concern for Bella but going by the text, Bella is not religious. So this is entirely his own guilt coming through, which is like a really, I think, potent character moment in theory, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it's not, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't get there. It doesn't get to the part that would make this kind of scene interesting, I guess, is, 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 is where I'm at. No, yeah, I totally agree. There is not much substance here. 
Yeah, it's it's sad because like this is this is this is my favorite kind of scene in many stories. I love I love a good I love a good what do you want from me moment, right? (laughs) (laughs) Always a classic, but uh, yeah, doesn't like the the fact that it is so clearly Edward's moment of of religious doubt. I like I want that to be explored more. I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, huh? It's interesting. It is interesting. It's very funny imagining him doing this in in the chapel and then coming back to my chapter. <laughs> like, just coming and sitting down and being there for my chapter. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is so much lighter than this. Yeah. Um, um, is there anything else in, 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 the, in this conversations chapter? Did I, did I miss one of the conversations? Oh, yeah. It's the um, phone call between Carlisle and Charlie. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. Yeah, um, what is what why what why is Carl what is the excuse there cuz that's something that doesn't come up in mind. So, uh, in my opinion, I th- th- in the same like the heist chapter, I'm like willing to overlook the absurdity, right? Cuz it's mm-hmm. so much fun. This is where it falls apart. It sh- they should have never tried to address um like how they explain this to Charlie, because there's no way that this doesn't sound like completely crazy. Um, I invite everyone to imagine that you are the parent of a teenage girl. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Great start. She has an explosive fight with her new boyfriend and, and tells you that she's running out and is going to drive to Arizona to go live with her mom in the middle of the night. And you let her for some reason. And then hmm, maybe one or two days later, you get a call from the boyfriend's dad who is saying that, that your daughter is in the hospital with critical injuries and has broken her leg um, by falling down two flights of stairs and out of a window and the reason that 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 the the boyfriend's dad is there is because he got his entire family to fly down to Phoenix to try to talk sense into your daughter about the breakup uh and they're just hanging out and and happened and like your daughter was going over to your their hotel room to to hash it out when she just like slipped and fell down the stairs does that sound um, normal? <laughs> so you're at so 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 this is a broad question, but but I will I will uh, for my part answer as if I am the parent in this situation. Yes, I am going to start the world's most annoying true crime podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is so. Yeah, that is so sus. That is that. Oh oh, like. <laughs> She fell down some stairs. Hello. Oh, you, you guys, your whole family oh. flew down to Phoenix to talk some sense into her. Yeah. Are you guys in These, the like, mafia? These like two seventeen-year-olds that have been dating for like two weeks, and you flew down yeah. to Phoenix. How does Charlie react? Uh, he's like, "Oh, Carlisle, I'm so glad that you're down. I would, I would feel like <laughs> I had to go down there if you weren't there. <laughs> you're her dad. Uh, yeah, but Charlie." Um, but I've, but I've got this um, crime that, and I gotta submit evidence for, oh, and I'm gonna fuck. put put a guy away for a long time. Oh fuck! What's Char? What's Charlie? What case? What case is Charlie cracking? Uh, I think an assault case. Okay. Where, where is it? Mm, 
and they have this little tot like he's just like you know oh carlisle do you know why they were fighting oh edward still doesn't understand why they were fighting don't you remember being 17 oh my (laughs) god oh my god that is so icky It's bizarre. I'm like, <laughs> she should have never tried to explain this away. No. Just just gloss over this one. That uh, this this is a also a weird direct contradiction of a, of another throwaway line in my chapter. Hmm. Which is which is uh, Brene says like, "Oh, you were so lucky that Carlisle was in town." That is so lucky. <laughs> like I see Renee buying that, or or just like like R- Renee would absolutely buy like oh I I was in I I uh, I was actually at the same hotel for a uh, doctor's conference or something right like I can see that flying maybe but uh, calling Charlie and being like oh me and my whole family flew down to. <laughs> To talk some sense into your daughter after and breaking she... up with my son. <laughs> this is this is mafia stuff, seriously. <laughs> oh, she broke her she fell down some stairs and broke her leg. But don't <laughs> worry, I'm her doctor. Oh, that's so scary. Charlie. Charlie, how can you fall for this? <laughs> I mean, like, okay, granted, in real life, cops really are this stupid however in a in a in a fantasy story if you're the sheriff of a small town and you get a call like this something is up something is wrong yeah yeah i will say i the i'm so intrigued by by charlie's charlie solving a case i would i would love to watch in our in our um our, our 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 pending uh Forks Washington Yakuza style game. <laughs> I want some side quests where you help Charlie uh, solve small town mysteries like it's Twin Peaks. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, that one that didn't need explaining. No, that that one went way way weird. <laughs> that would never work. That would not. That would just make things so much worse. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna forgive the hotel attendant cleaning up the two blood bags worth of blood off the sidewalk, but I'm not gonna forgive this phone conversation. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna call Charlie. That's her <laughs> father. You're gonna tell her that you, the boyfriend, and the whole family flew down to talk some sense into her when she was walking between hotel rooms. She slipped on a banana peel. <laughs> and fell down some stairs and rolled out the window like a bull rock, <laughs> like one of the bull rocks from Bionicle. <laughs> it's a miracle that she's alive. <laughs> but you tell him that and he should buy it. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Wow. You are a wild roller coaster in your chapters. <laughs> I- Very entertaining. <laughs> Shall we do Twilight? I. <laughs> I, yes. I scarcely know where to begin now. <laughs> this has really rattled my experience with my chapter, which was really quite pleasant overall. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll, I will start with my summary. Bella wakes up in traction. Edward has been waiting in the hospital room with her, and as she comes to, she apologizes for sending him and the rest of the vampires on such a wild goose chase. He insists it's alright, because the tracker got the better of all of them. This is just the opening gambit of this chapter's fierce getting up on the cross competition. Edward lets Bella know that Renee is alright and is on her way. 
Before she arrives, Bella and Edward catch up on what happened at the dance studio. It turns out that Jasper and Emmett were there to do the killing all along. And what they plan to tell Renee is a cover story. When Renee arrives, her and Bella have a heart-to-heart about her fake injury, how hot Carlisle is, and how things are going with Phil in Florida. Renee is very excited about this. Phil has been signed to a team in Jacksonville and assumes Bella will be coming to live with them. However, Bella has to temper her expectations and say that she wants to stay in Forks with Charlie after all. Renee is a bit dismayed at first, but soon realizes that it must be a boy who is keeping Bella in Forks. Bella half admits the truth, but doesn't explain her true feelings about Edward in their entirety. Renee leaves to let Bella get some rest, and Edward says something ominous about how he might break up with Bella for her own good. They then have an insane lightsaber duel about who is the most persecuted person in the room, about how they want to save each other, slash can't keep being saved by each other, slash who should and shouldn't exist, etc., etc. Bella then says she wants to become a vampire to avoid all of these problems with the relationship that haunt Edward. Eventually, they reach a stalemate, and Bella needs more pain meds. Before the drugs send her to sleep, Bella reiterates that she's, quote, betting on Alice, i.e. thinks turning into a vampire is the right thing to do. Yeah, so I'll go through mine real quick. I won't uh, reiterate uh, their conversation because I we're just like completely in lockstep here. So I'll just uh, put a few Midnight Sun notes on it. Um, Alice knows when Bella wakes up. So Edward uh, ends up sending her mom to lunch with Alice during that time so that he can be the only one that's there when she wakes up. But mostly to just make sure that they have their cover story straight. They have... Uh, the discussion that you detailed uh, when Renee comes back, she's like happy to see Bella awake and all of that. And they, they have their conversation. And when it comes up that uh, Renee wants Bella to come live in Florida, um, Edward has fully resolved to break up with Bella and is thinking like, Oh, is this my way out? Is she going to want to go uh, be in Florida? Uh, but no such luck. Then they have their, their argument about Edward saying something ominous about them breaking up and then about uh, Edward turning her into a vampire and then absolutely he will not. Um, And that is uh, pretty much all that is unique about Midnight Sun. I was prepared to go into this saying like, wow, I really enjoyed my chapter. (laughs) (laughs) And I think if, you know, that, 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 that it's sort of unfair because it's like, you know, like, Rise of Skywalker doesn't make Empire Strikes Back a bad movie, right? Right, but yes. There is some stuff here that definitely hits different knowing what the updated uh, lore is. Mm-hmm. The conversation with Renee in particular, uh, and, and and we'll, we'll get to that uh, uh, in a sec, um, but there's a little house cleaning up front that I think is worth uh, 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 kind of comparing notes on with the previous chapters, because there's several moments of like, Oh, this is this is something that spun into a whole subplot in in your earlier chapters here. Mm-hmm. Number one being that so this this story about Bella falling down some stairs and rolling out a window. Yeah, I didn't realize that is what was literally the story they were going with because Edward mentions that, but sort of says it as like a joke when Bella wakes up. <laughs> Oh, because he he mentioned you know she wakes up they have they, you know they 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 exchange greetings like oh my god I'm so glad you're okay blah 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 uh, and then and then Edward mentions that Renee is coming and Bella says she's here I tried to sit up but the spinning in my head has accelerated and his hand pushed me gently down onto the pillows she'll be back soon he promised and you need to stay still 
But what did you tell her? I panicked. I had no no interest in being soothed. My mother was here and I was recovering from a vampire attack. Why did you tell her I'm here? You fell down two flights of stairs and through a window. He paused. You have to admit, it could happen. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, 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 it, I guess it does sound like that is actually the story he told her, but the, but like the pausing for a beat and then going like, you, you know, come on, that's a joke. Laugh at it, Bella. Is, right. is a, fu- a funny little Edward moment there. Yeah. It, it's, it's very funny seeing what it, like, what are these little throwaway lines that are really being, uh, zoomed in on to like some success and, and, and maybe some not success as well. Um, yeah, I would not if reading Twilight, I would not have read that as their literal cover story. I would have mm-hmm. been like, "Oh, that's a joke," and we're just glossing over that there's no cover story. Yeah, yeah, because because then there's there's the other line that I mentioned way earlier, where where Edward alludes to Alice having quote like too much fun, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, setting up a, a a real alibi for her, and, and which also comes with I'm, I'm just remembering there's a, there's another throw there there's just these little little lines peppered in. Where when Bella and Renee are talking, she's like, but, oh, by the way, did you hear that that dance studio burned down? Right, yeah. Uh, like, like, there's just, like, little things that are, like, that where, like, in my version of it, you sort of get to imagine whatever insane uh, 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 series of events led to this not, you know, blowing the cover of all the vampires, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that that's enough. Um, and I think that the Alice thing in your first chapter was great. And then I think everything else is it just gets a little weirder and weirder as, yeah, as they get expanded on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do have to issue a correction. Uh, hmm. I, 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 but, but like um, Jasper and Emmett, I, I guess, were there the whole time. Uh, uh, they, they just were never mentioned uh, or alluded to being there. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but Edward does tell uh, uh, Bella when she wakes up and asks what happened. It's like, oh yeah, Jasper and Emmett, uh, they were there and they took care of it. Uh, they case were there, closed. tearing him to shreds, just off screen. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just uh, you know, they were, uh, after I pulled him off you, Emmett and Jasper took care of him. There was a fierce note of regret in his voice. This confused me. I didn't see Emmett and Jasper there. <laughs> <laughs> They had to leave the room. <laughs> there was a lot of blood. <laughs> so, like, they had... I guess because there is a lot of, like, sexy-smelling Bella blood, they, like, pulled them into a side room and ripped James to shreds. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, which is, you know, that makes some amount of sense. But them never being there at all. Also, like, Carlisle and Alice didn't really have a, any issue with, with the Bella situation, so I can't, I don't know. Feel like you could trust Jasper and Emmett. They, all the Cullens seem like they're pretty much on the same page about like hurting humans, you know. My book goes into that a lot. Like Emmett and Jasper have a, like Jasper has the most trouble with like controlling himself or being around it. Emmett has some trouble, and in fact, it even brings it up that he um, is like a little bit upset that he doesn't have the same like self control that Edward had. Okay. By being able to suck Bella's blood and not kill her. Um, And then Alice has to like hold her breath or not hold her breath. She has to not breathe while she brings Carlisle um, 
his like doctor bag and then has to like zoom out the door to not be around the blood. So it mm-hmm. does come up. Okay. Some a little bit. So yeah. It's in that's, there. That's something. That's that's all right. It, it, it's it's so funny that I assumed that this was a total retcon and it and the stuff that is added in Midnight Sun actually makes it sound like a pretty well thought out retcon. It's just really funny reading it in Twilight where where it's not like it it's funny reading the older book where where this situation in particular feels like a messier retcon. Even though mm-hmm. it can't be, right? Right. Because it's the, it's the first book. But, like, the, the offhand way that's like, oh, yeah, Emmett and Jasper were there, were there and they were in the other room is so <laughs> clumsy compared to, you know, th- there's some fun details in the in the Midnight Sun version, it sounds like, where ev- we sort of see how everyone reacts to the blood and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, that's weird. It feels backwards. Um, uh... There's there's a lot. This the, my chapter is just like one, or or, or just like a ton of t- like different little um, conversations between Bella and Edward, and then Renee and Edward, and then Bella and Edward. And I'm not sure. There's so much packed in here, but I I, I think we should talk about the 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 big thing here, the first really big thing, which is mm-hmm. when Renee actually gets there. Yeah. I think that this is like the most important crux of the chapter, and I'm so curious to know what it sounds like in yours, um, because <laughs> so you know how how our next chapter is technically the epilogue, yeah. Even though it is totally not an epilogue, it looks like a full ass chapter. Yep. The conversation that Bella and Ed, or Bella and Renee have here in my chapter feels like epilogue content to me. Right. Because Renee is a character who only appeared in the prologue, I believe, of this, of the, of, or, or, or the first chapter of this, um, talking to Bella on the way to the airport. And then aside from like an email here and there, she's just like, she's sort of, sort of like loomed over the story, but has not been a character within it. Um, and so this moment where we get to like see her and, and, and Bella and, and Renee talk to each other feels very much like it is tying up the very last loose ends. It feels very epilogue-y to me. Mm-hmm. But now knowing that Renee has special powers, I am so curious to know how this whole conversation reads between or 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 from Edward's perspective. Yeah, definitely. Um it feels um a little less impactful only because this isn't his actual first conversation with Renee. Right. Um because we've we've met her and been sort of introduced to her, and I feel like it sort of softened the weirdness of this one just by how weird her initial introduction was in Midnight mm-hmm. Sun and how Edward was very weird about her blood and smelling her and her powers and all of that stuff that um, when she shows up, it's just kind of um, adding on to that. Edward is, like, listening to her approach and, like, going by the nurse's station and the nurse's station, like the, the nurse on duty tells um, Renee that there was like a change in Bella's like heart rate or something. And I think it was because Edward kissed her yes, um, or something like that. And Renee sort of like uses her accidental powers to like make the nurse not follow her by saying like, I'll check on her. You can stay. Um, and the nurse, the aide, rising out of her chair, sat back down again, bowing to Renee's desires, because um, that's what people do. 
Huh. I the whole power thing. I'm still just like I'm like actively thinking about it while we're recording. I'm just like I I I'm, I've so many complex thoughts about this. I think I'm landing on like I I think what disappoints me about it most is that I like the idea of a vampire being overwhelmed by something that feels like a power that one of his kind could have, but really it's just like like some people, some humans are just like that. You know, like like some humans just have very uh uh powerful social skills or 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 a lack of them, right? That just is equally as overwhelming as where they where they might as well be a superpower, but like they're not, right? It's just 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 how we interact with each other. I I mean, it's so on the line. Like I think that you could read it that way. Okay. You could. Mm. I don't think that. I think it's a stretch. Mm-hmm. A little bit because you have the literal supernatural stuff, but I I think that there is a reading in here where it's like she has a power that is a, that within scope of a human, and if she were a vampire, it would turn into this power. Sure, right, okay, but but like it's it's not it's it's kind of on the edge. It's 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 kind of a little. I little, have a hard time a not a reading stretch. it as a literal power. Yeah. Well, especially with the, the, the thing you were saying about, like, oh, when Charlie has this power and that produced this, like, special daughter, right, that has this real power. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, yeah. That's... Well, because Charlie's power is way more literal than Renee's, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because Edward can hear everyone's thoughts and not Charlie's and not Bella's. And then, you know, Renee has... And that makes me take Renee's power more literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. With Charlie's in particular, because like Char, like like Be- Bella, I-, I I guess I liked the ambiguity of it previously because as a vampire, I like the idea that him being unable to read this girl he's in love with's mind, um, as like his internal process like his the way he's processing these feelings almost right like Mm -hmm. it's not like like there there was a i think if i was just reading twilight i might have interpreted it as like no it's not that like bella has a literal like thought shield right Mm -hmm. it's that bella like like he is like like they are such powerful soulmates he is so in love with bella that like he can't like he just he just like you know the needle starts spinning when he's around her right like mm-hmm. it just it, like like there's there's enough leeway i think in twilight for it to read that way um whereas with with the added complications of midnight sun and and charlie's power and renee's power mixing to form this other power i it's 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 a little tougher for me to see it that way Right. right. It, it feels like it, they really do just have, like, magic powers somehow. Yes, that is kind of where I fall on it. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's nothing... I feel like that could be interesting. It's just, like, it, 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 I, it does rob it of some of that Romeo and Juliet quality, I think. It's like, oh, if this Montague is a little bit... Is actually kind of a Capulet. It's like, <laughs> well, hold on a second. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little, it just doesn't quite, uh, doesn't quite cross the bridge into like being a fun exploration of people with powers. Right. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's it ends up being much more in the realm of like a soulmate story, right? And the inevitability of mm-hmm. of that. Um, I mean, I guess that that pops up in in Twilight a lot with like the wolves having their like imprinting stuff that obviously we yeah. haven't gotten to at all, but that yeah. does seem to be a little bit of a through line that she has going on where it like is a soulmate story uh, dressed up like a Romeo and Juliet story. Mm-hmm. And also I, I, I think critically, I, I, I think maybe where this, like the biggest stumbling block here is that Twilight and not to say that it is science fiction, but like it, it is, it has gone so hard on the idea that like this is a a fantasy world. The, the, you know, imagine a world where vampires are not like Satan's weird beings, right? They are like like vamp. A vampire is a scientific creature. Mm-hmm. It is an evolved creature somehow in Twilight, right? Like it, it you know, all the myths are fake. They're powered by venom. Uh, uh, like they, they are like just sort of a weird separate evolutionary branch. It's like, it's like if, if, if there was a Star Trek episode where they went to the planet of the vampires, right? And it was just like, it, 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 it all has a sort of a loosey goosey science take on it. So the idea of these powers really like is the one thing that is like, okay, but that is just straight up supernatural, right? Like that is, that is not... It doesn't. I, I. I can see. You know, there's enough pop sci-fi here to be like, okay, they run on venom. That's silly, but sure, I'll. I'll. I'll roll with it. I'll, I will buy that these are not supernatural beings. But then to tell me that they also have like mind reading powers and mind blocking powers and succubus powers, it's like, okay, well, why is it not just a fantasy again? Then, like, yeah, well, it's like entirely separate, right? Because Alice yeah. was a seer before she was turned. Mm-hmm. Renee is already a mind projector, although she'd become more of one if she were a vampire. Right? Yeah, it's, it's um, very odd. It's like the one thing that couldn't have the supernatural part sanded down, I guess, mm-hmm. um, which leaves it in an awkward. Or, or it it just forces me to be. It puts me in this position where I where I I can't be as charitable to it as I want to be, right? Right. Um, and it really complicates my reading of, or my, my reflection on the, my reading, because I love this conversation that, that Bella and Renee have in Twilight. Mm. Renee, like, the first thing Bella does is apologize to her mom for worrying her. Right. <laughs> like, immediately off the bat, we know exactly what kind of relationship they have. Like, like, like just, just, just really hammering home that it is, it, Bella is just the more emotionally mature person, and, and at her own expense, often she is the one having to, like, be there for her mother. Um, and, and, and they don't fight about this. There's not any sort of blow up about this. It is just like, it, this is just a very, uh, uh, relatably written conversation that that is 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 has this extra layer of like like dramatic irony to it, where Bella is having to hide the fact that like vampires were involved from her, right, and having to like a apo- like oh sorry I fell down some stairs I'm sorry for worrying you, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's really it's bittersweet. I I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think setting aside the powers, even Edward has a lot of like. It's a very raw conversation and he notices things like 
I'll, I'll read this part and pretend that what he's talking about isn't literal magic powers and more <laughs> just like metaphorical social skills. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you'll like Jacksonville so much. Renee was nearly bursting with enthusiasm. Her thoughts shouted along with her words. And I was sure those thoughts would work on Bella the way they worked on everyone else. She began to gush about the weather, the ocean, the adorable yellow house with the white trim, never doubting that Bella would be just as thrilled as she as she was. I knew every aspect of Renee's plan for Bella's future. Renee had mentally enthused about her happy news a hundred times while we waited for Bella to wake. In many ways, her plan was exactly the answer I'd been looking for. That is like that. That is, I think, my favorite part of the conversation with Renee and Bella, too, where like 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 Bella is in the hospital. She's had this horrible accident, you know. Mm-hmm. She could have died. And it takes maybe 3 sentences for uh the the conversation to pivot to like, "Hey, guess what? I'm moving in with my boyfriend who got signed on to a baseball team." Right. Yeah. <laughs> like like Renée is so and, and 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 I I think that in in Twilight the the like comforting or not comforting might be the wrong word but like the 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 reading that I came away with that I think made it not feel just like oh my god what a horrible mom right is it's like it, it's not <sighs> but Renee doesn't seem self centered right she's like she seems like scatterbrained mm-hmm. a little bit and and like the this 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 excitement she has to change the subject to something positive um rather than like continue to worry about the the bad scary thing that happened mm-hmm. is is like such a potently human foible that I, I i found this conversation very sweet and and just thinking about the idea of it being because she has like that's the special neediness power <laughs> just really ruins it a little bit for me i think yeah yeah it's it's sort of a bummer i i think that it it is too bad that it's mixed up in all of that mm-hmm. i think that there's probably a more generous reading of it that it just is like well i mean how generous can i be right she has the, <laughs> right. the yell her thoughts power um (laughs) but i guess like you could also read it as like she's using it in a bad way because she's because this is just sort of her maturity level type stuff yeah yeah Yeah, it's because it it, it, what's fun about this this scene um that i'm curious if this is sort of how the midnight sun version feels too is that you you get this conversation with renee and bella in, in twilight where uh Bella is the the clearly the like the most mature emotionally person in the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And then when Renee leaves and it becomes Edward and Bella, it is the two most immature people on earth arguing with each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which it, it, it's such a funny switch, right? Like and 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 another just another one that just I feel adds so many layers to to Bella as a perspective character in Twilight is it's like um there's a there's a line let me find this is the most brutal line in in the whole book i think mm-hmm. um when when renee is talking to bella about edward and like oh is this the boy you like blah 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 right like like they have the, she leans in close and renee says 
Well, he seems very nice, and my goodness, he's incredibly good-looking, but you're so young, Bella. Her voice was unsure. As far as I could remember, this was the first time since I was eight that she'd come close to trying to sound like a parental authority. I recognized the reasonable but firm tone of voice from talks I'd had with her about men. Like, just devastating, right? Like, oh, boy. Like, that is really dark. Um... But, 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 like, that's the closest Bella comes to being judgmental about it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very funny how, aside from that sort of, uh, there, there's just a little bit of venom there, maybe. Um, but for the most part, she, I, I, I think there's, like, this sense of pride that Bella has being able to, like, steer her mom through this conversation. And then as soon as Renee leaves... <laughs> It's like the persecution Olympics with with Edward. Like, yeah, yeah. She just become she she just immediately like when when once once she has to stop like actively thinking about it, perhaps with her mother. It's just that she starts acting like that immediately with the next person that walks in. It's really really funny. That is, and, and like surprisingly. I, I think surprisingly layered for for what I had come to think, you know, what I've been like, I guess, like programmed to believe about Twilight and like mm-hmm. the the quality of its writing and its characters, right? Like, like it, 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 this is, it, I can think of better books that don't approach this sort of nuance, if that makes any sense, right? Like, oh, definitely. Um, just just this is one particular moment that I think is just really well handled. Yeah. Um, shall we, shall we get to the, the Bella Edward argument here? Yeah. Cause I would love to hear Edward's side of this. <laughs> um, b- uh, because, uh, b- Renee leaves, um, or, or, I mean, like really, really like B- Bella sort of like gets her to leave after, after telling her that, like, you know, I want to live in Forks. I don't want to live with you and Phil. Happy for you. Not reading all that. Blah blah blah. Just mm-hmm. like, just just really kind of uh, 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 just just hits all the things that she knows her mom w- wants to hear. Um, and then Edward, genius that he is, after watching this whole conversation unfold, is like, uh, "Well, I'm not. I I would stay in Forks or somewhere like it, somewhere where I couldn't hurt you anymore, <laughs> right?" Like, <laughs> just just sliding that one under the door, like, maybe I'll break up with you now. Maybe we should break up. Maybe we'll break up in the hospital <laughs> after I just watched you have this conversation with your mom. <laughs> what a crazy thing to say. Really weird move on his part. I would love to know what his thought process was there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me find. Let me find the spot here. Um, she stared at me with a blank expression as though I'd answered her in Latin. I waited for her to process my meaning. Then her heart started to beat faster and her breathing shifted into hyperventilation. She flinched with her every breath, her expanding lungs pushing against her broken ribs. An echo of the grieving future, Bella, flashed her face. It was hard to watch. I wanted to say something to ease her pain, her terror, but this was supposed to be the right thing. It did not feel right, but I couldn't trust my own selfish emotions. Um, and he goes on... Um, but it, he's like, drat, that wasn't my way out that it was supposed to be, but I can't break up with her while, while she's sick in the hospital is, <laughs> is kind of his, kind of his vibe. 
it's so funny that he just sort of like f- pushes it out there like a boat. <laughs> like he thought what, he got a freebie. He really thought he was being slick. And then <laughs> what I love about this is that that, that Bella starts. I mean, like like quite quite justifiably, I think Bella starts like flipping out uh, about this, like. Like, uh, you know, the, the the nurse steps in at the worst time and is like, do you need more pain meds? And she's like, no, I do not. Thank you very much. She's hy- hyperventilating. Um, and then he, she starts uh, going like, you know, sw- you know, put, w- will, will you swear you won't leave? Like, you know, just on, honestly not a great response from her there either. Right? Like, sw- you know, swear you won't leave me. I'm, I'm going to die of sadness. Right? Right. Um, and then... He calms her down, um, and and then he says, uh, uh, he goes, better? He asked. Yes, I said cautiously. He shook his head and muttered something unintelligible. I thought I picked out the word overreaction. <laughs> <laughs> He's so stupid. He's so fucking stupid. Why is he nagging? I don't understand. It's so funny. And then Bella goes, why did you say that? I whispered, trying to keep my voice from shaking. Are you tired of having to save me all the time? Do you want me to go away? And this is the part where I was like standing up in my chair and cheering. Or I was like, we're, we're just having, we're just having the like, the most toxic conversation anyone on planet Earth has ever had between these two people. Um, if you're wondering when she hears overreacting or whatever, what he mm-hmm. says is overreacting just a little bit, don't you think? Oh my god, Edward, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You've got it. Ooh, buddy. He's lucky. <laughs> I just love that this that that you know, we ha- we have a very mature, composed Bella with her mom in the room. Then Edward says something kind of stupid, and then and then Bella's response, and I'm so glad it is because it makes the rest of this chapter really fun, is to just match his bad responses equally, just just yes. com- just completely, uh, 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 just to be like, okay, if we're like if if this if if we're throwing down, let's throw down, just like just gloves off, just both of them doing the most, like no, I I. I am the one who has suffered the most stuff at each other. It is so good. Yeah, and then to end it with, and make me a vampire. is uh... <laughs> You should make me a vampire. It's so good. These these two are perfect for each other. Oh, yeah. Like, like the because the thing that's funny about Bella and her mom is that in in that specific context, she is absolutely the most mature person um um or or like has at least learned how to like um like let her mom down gently about stuff right and sort of like 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 rather than like like matching her same energy and just like making things worse she's really good at like talking renee down it seems like um Mm -hmm. when renee is really worried about something what's really funny here is that like her her like her like really kind of aggressive responses to Edward are just like 
needling him at exactly the right like just like she's scoring a crit on him every single time right and it's like she's using these powers that she has learned dealing with her parents for evil right just like like i know how to steer a conversation and i'm going to use it to steer you now right like yeah um and you know edward edward is a hundred year old vampire who can read minds who who like I I would expect to behave that way, right? Um, and so it, it's really funny that a a like a human person is able to like like she's able to throw down with him with this, you know. And it's like he's he is the vampire here. He's the, he's the one who's supposed to be manipulative, right? Yeah, it rocks. It's it's so good. They are perfect for each other. It's a it's a very good conversation. I feel like it's a little less enjoyable from Edward's perspective, only because you never sort of get the impression that he's being steered, mm. I guess, because he's, like, very... At least when they're talking about Bella, like, going to, like, wanting to be turned into a vampire, he ends up, like, thinking that he is leading the conversation, mm-hmm. I suppose. Like, he thinks that he has the perfect answers to her... Um, her lying uh, because she like says that the pain won't bother her. She says that Charlie and Renee won't bother her if she turns and, um, and he's like, Oh, nope. She's lying to me. Edward has kind of a noble point to a degree where he's like, you know, first he starts with like, I, I, I'm, I might hurt you. I'm a vampire. Right. Yep. Um, but he's proven time and time again throughout this novel that like he has the self-control to not do that. So Bella's not having any of that. What is really funny about Bella's response to this is that that she she then turns it around and is like, if you leave me, you will hurt me even more. Right? Which is I, 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 there there are several p- books you could write on how toxic that is, but it is really funny. Like, because it is the perfect thing for her to say to Edward, who then because of that clearly feels attacked and is like well actually th- th- you you don't understand how much this hurts me to consider leaving you <laughs> right so <laughs> inverting it once more and then the topic of like the the, the idea of a, a, an immortal person and a mortal person um not being compatible for many reasons i think previously in the in these books it's been edward who has brought that up but Bella does this thing here that is really interesting where – and, like, th- this is, like – this is almost, like, full-on heel turn from Bella, I feel, mm. where where she goes, uh, if you're waiting for me to be on my deathbed, I've got news for you. I was just there. You're going to recover, he reminded me. I took a deep breath to calm myself, ignoring the spasm of pain it triggered. I stared at him, and he stared back. There was no compromise in his face. No, I said slowly, I'm not. His forehead creased. Of course you are. You may have a scar or two. You're wrong, I insisted. I'm going to die. Relax, Bella. He was really anxious now. You'll be out of here in a few days, two weeks at most. I glared at him. I may not die now, but I'm going to die sometime. Every minute of the day, I get closer. And I'm going to get old. (laughs) Which is, like, so... (laughs) manipulative <laughs> yeah she's got him good she's got him really good because his whole thing has been that he's a he, he, like he's immortal and she's not and that's why he can't 
uh, leave her or, or he can't stay with her. And, and she has like completely just done a, like a, 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 a like co- total logic pretzel to get to like, I'm, I am mortal. So I'm going to die. So you have to turn me into a vampire so we can be together forever. It's, it's, it's kind of nasty, but like, it's perfect for these two characters. I think they, they are exactly the right kind of nasty for each other. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that is such a perfect counterpart to their back and forth that they have um, where Edward sort of goes down the list of things where he's like, Oh, so if you turn into a vampire, it won't bother you. Uh, that Renee and Charlie will be upset or like, it won't bother you that, um, what is the other, they won't bother you that you'll be in pain and sort of have her go like, Oh, it won't bother you if I become old and die. Yes. (laughs) It's, it's wild. Like, and, and, uh, you know, Bella, Bella is a little uneasy when she says this, but like, it's still a, a real, like this is crossing the Rubicon to say this, I think, when she goes when he when she brings this up, she's like, I want to be a vampire. And he's like, it hurts real bad. And she goes, Well, three days, no big deal. Edward grimaced again and, and as my words reminded him that I was more informed than he had ever intended for me to be. I watched him repress the anger, watched as his eyes grew speculative. Charlie, he asked curtly. Renee. Minutes passed in silence as I struggled to answer his question. I opened my mouth, but no sound came out. I closed it again. He waited, and his expression became triumphant because he knew I had no true answer. Look, that's not an issue either, I finally muttered. My voice was unconvincing as it always was when I lied. So, like, she's acknowledging that this is a lie, but she is saying this, and it does move the conversation forward. Right. Renee has always made the choices that work for her. Brutal thing to say about your mom (laughs) just after she's left the room. (laughs) Uh, she'd want me to do the same and Charlie's resilient he's used to being on his own I can't take care of them forever I have my own life to live hell yeah Bella (laughs) which is like fucking awesome but like Bella villain Bella here like like she is so in love with Edward she's just like yeah fuck it fuck it I will turn me into a supernatural creature (laughs) like I I don't care about anyone Oh my god, it's so cool, but like so dark. Yeah, yeah. They're they're perfect for each other. It's meant to be. Yeah, because because of course Be- Edward's response to all of this is like you're supposed to grow old and die Bella. I'm the one who shouldn't exist. It's like They're they're both they're both so persecuted. They're both mm-hmm. so <laughs> They're both the most persecuted person in the room. It's That's awesome. Right. That's right. It's so good. Um, of course, they don't really resolve this. Uh, they they do argue a little bit about Bella or uh, Alice's prediction that Bella will be turned. How do, how does what what what? So what's the story there? Because Be- Bella seems to sort of know this. She pieces it together, but like Edward, I think in Midnight Sun has directly talked about this, right? Like, yeah, they've Edward and Alice have like explicitly argued over it. Um, the biggest part was in uh, the stuff with the meadow um, because Alice saw like three possible futures and the two that were most like the strongest were uh, Bella as a vampire. Maybe she saw four. It was like Bella as a vampire. Bella died in the meadow mm-hmm. or like Edward leaves Bella and she's so, so sad. 
Uh, but then there was like that glimmer of a future of her being able to stay human. And Edward has been like grasped onto that the whole time. And Alice says something ominous about like, okay, but you're not thinking of what's best for her. So she's just sort of been gunning for Bella to become a vampire the whole time. It's 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 so perfect that Alice, the one that we've been saying is like the most detached and, and, and kind of oddly inhuman, is the one who's like, well, what's best for her is to become a vampire. Great. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet mean, I guess it is. Like, like, like Be- Bella has vampire mindset. She's got it. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. She she's ready. She she is ready to become one here. It's it's really exciting. I I almost wish, I almost wish that the story played this as like a darker and worse decision, if that makes right. sense. You know. Like, oh yeah. Like like the the the, the twilight the, the part where this gets a little less exciting is it like well twilight is a. It's a star-crossed lover's story, you know. She's making the right decision because she's in love and and, and stuff, right? And I and I, I I want this to feel more like she's hitting the renegade button, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it is such a wild decision to be making, and her logic is so selfish and 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 impassioned. Um, uh, like, is Edward like surprised by this? What's 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 his what's his like reaction to this? like last barrage in the argument here. I I mean, most of his, I mean, he's resolved, right? He's completely (laughs) resolved that not only will he not turn into, into a vampire, but he will be like breaking up with her and leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's honestly mostly it. Um, I mean, he's noticing how defiant she is noticing that she, you know, noticing that he's being dismissive, which is sort of like, that again, a little bit detached, like he has mm-hmm. to say the things that he says in Twilight in Midnight Sun, but they don't really make a whole lot of sense. He has some of his like normal histrionics, like anxiety <laughs> shifted to despair as I grasped her meaning. Did she think this was something I had not considered that I'd somehow missed this glaring fact that I'd not noticed the tiny changes in her face highlighted by my rigid sameness that lacking Alice's gift, I couldn't see the obvious future. That's him kind of reacting to her getting old and dying. Um, so he's just up on the cross as usual. <laughs> Bella, Bella's a Sith Lord. She's got this in the bag. Yeah. She's, she's got him on the back foot. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have a very important duty to fulfill here, but real quick, before we get to boyfriend points, mm-hmm. is there anything else from your side of this chapter that's uh, that, that we should go over? I don't think so. Okay. This is like the second to last boyfriend points section we're gonna get here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A lot on the line here. We're 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 getting close to the end end of the end of the last quarter. Yeah. He is at negative one hundred and fifty points, but he's got three chapters of actions for us to go through. Well, the bad news is is that the first chapter is the Alice show, and he basically mm. does nothing. <laughs> That's true. It is an Alice. I, I don't think I can squeeze anything out of that, positive or negative. Ooh, okay. So, Because yeah. he doesn't do anything. He interjects yeah. a couple times and is like, will we get... 
Bella to the hospital on time. And she's like, yeah, stop worrying. But that's literally it. Okay. With, with, with an abundance of generosity here. Yeah. And toss some five points for making sure that, that that's on Alice's mind. Alice is, is a little, you know, she's a little weird, a little XD. Maybe you need to remind her that, hey, my, my girlfriend needs to get to the hospital. Yeah, my girlfriend's bleeding to death in the back seat. That's like you five points. Of, yeah, sure, five points. Get him on the board. <laughs> she, my girlfriend is is throwing up tomato sauce all over the car. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so ooh, man, one one out of three chapters, kind of a wash. That's a that's a big blow, I think. Yeah, it is kind of. Oh, uh, how do we deal with the second Midnight Sun chapter here? Well. He overhears a conversation. He has a polite conversation with Renee, so maybe he could get some points there. Um, mm. And then he goes and prays to God. <laughs> okay, well, and we'll, we'll that one's going to take some unpacking. I think. It will. It will. <laughs> Might be a different kind of points that he's getting there. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so he overhears what he what he overhears isn't really Bella related, is it? It's not. Uh, it, it's literally exposition is like he's hearing the conversation between Charlie and Carlisle. So yeah. he doesn't do or think much of anything there. Um, Renee and him have a brief conversation where he is um, he's being the the nice, polite boyfriend. Yeah. Kind of a meet meet the meet the mom under uh, high pressure circumstances in a mm-hmm. hospital, um, and he kind of knocks it out of the park, I suppose. Okay, so we because we I think we gave him a decent amount of points for his his meeting Charlie scene because um, he was pretty charming there. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe he can he can eke a decent amount of points out here. So you say you say he sort of has it under control. He's sort of he's sort of suave. He's he's not he's he's handling the pressure well with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he he shakes her hand. His hand is cold because he's a vampire. He says, "Oh, sorry, the AC is freezing in here." I'm Edward Cullen. I'm I'm very glad to meet you, Mrs. Dwyer. I just mm. wish it was under better circumstances. Oh, what a nice young man. Yeah, he he's doing the nice young man routine. Yeah. Okay, that's something. That's that's something. What do we think? 20, 10? Um I think we could do a little bit better than that. He kind of steers the conversation. He kind of says some stuff to mm-hmm. to not worry her very much. Okay, um, okay. You know, she says, you know, he says that she he won't break break her heart and all this stuff. Ooh, so it was like probably that's a good a cha- one. it's a challenging yeah. conversation. Yeah. Well, especially with because if, if if he's if he's meeting Renee, I mean, even just meeting her might get this across. But especially knowing that she has this power, setting setting aside my feelings about this power aside, right? Um, is that he recognizes that she has this power, and he uh, both thinks a little more highly of Bella because of it, right? Like like oh, like mm-hmm. I, I understand Bella a little better now. Yep. And he probably presumably is then able to better like talk to Renee. And and maybe comfort her a little better in this in this tense situation. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I am being I am being so extra nice. We're trying so hard. <laughs> I am being so nice to Edward here. Um, but yeah. Okay. We'll give him a little more. What are you thinking? What what, what sounds better to you? 
45 points. Yeah, because we gave him five for the other. Yeah, so that's like an even 50 for this for this pair of scenes, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, plus 45. Uh, the God stuff. <laughs> it's a little the more. The God co- stuff. It's a little more complicated, maybe. <laughs> I, I, like. I, 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 you know, we have to sort of think of this from, like, Bella's perspective, mostly, right? Mm-hmm. And the problem there is that Bella has not once expressed any interest in religion, really. Yeah, it's kind of a I prayed for you sort of situation. Yes, which, you know, I I think that if I was going through some shit and, and somebody told me that, I would be appreciative, you know. I would, I would, I would appreciate that. That means a lot to nice them. I under- yeah, I, I appreciate the sentiment. I, I, I think that that is, uh, you know, that is that is a, a, a religious person's way of expressing concern. I get it. Um, <laughs> what I, what <laughs> is a little weirder, I think, is that Edward definitely made it all about himself there, um, and. Bella doesn't see that necessarily. I mean, yeah, because what he's doing is he's praying to her god that her god will make him strong enough to break up with her. So... <laughs> Which is a really... Oh my god, I had not thought of it that way. <laughs> so... I don't know. Yeah. I, oh, I prayed to your god that we would break up. Ooh. Ooh. That... Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy, Edward, you're killing me. <laughs> We're being so nice to you, Edward. So nice. Yeah, yeah but that's, that's ouch. That is that is a situation where where Edward needs to pray to God that Bella never hears about this. <laughs> because here's the thing, if he's having a little private religious moment, that's that's that's, you know, that that's that's important. That's, you know, that's that's uh, something for him to deal with. Um, what what is is the sort of Damocles hanging over this relationship now? Though is him t- if if she, if it is ever revealed to her that he wanted to break up with her so bad <laughs> that he prayed to a god he doesn't believe in about it. Um, <laughs> that is. That is rough. <laughs> like, imagine, imagine that you are you are dating someone that you you do not know. You know, you you, you as far as you are aware, is not a religious person, and then you like <laughs> find them googling like convert to Islam best way to break up with girlfriend question mark <laughs> like. Uh, be- be- become become Catholic? Uh, question mark. Uh, uh, get rid of girlfriend. Like that wouldn't be so hot to to find. Like that would feel pretty bad. Posting to the atheism subreddit. I'm an atheist, <laughs> but I prayed to break up with my girlfriend. Oh my god! <laughs> Just there is no there is no way that he looks good here. But. If 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 we continue to be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly generous to him, mm-hmm. Bella Bella didn't hear about this. Nobody needs to know. It's this private. Is, this is between him and God. <laughs> <laughs> In more ways than one. 
so true. Oh my god. Yeah. Do we this is this is a minus or a zero, but it's definitely not a plus. Hmm. Yeah, but it's boyfriend points. If you pray to God to break up, you don't to get not it's not to not be a boyfriend. Praying to God to praying not be to a not boyfriend. Be a vampire boyfriend. You're, you are so broken up about so yeah. Yeah, that's rough. That's really rough. I guess that's sort of the thing about being a vampire boyfriend is like, uh, but I put you in so much danger. Yeah. So dangerous to be with me. (laughs) Maybe we have to break up. Like there's something there, right? That's sort of, I guess, I guess that's sort of like the carrot on the stick to some degree, right? It's, it's like, it's a forbidden romance, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe this is just an important part of that process is that, yeah, the vampire is going to need to pray to a god he doesn't believe in to break up with you at some point. It's between him and God. I think we can move on. Okay. Zero point. No, no, not, not, a, not a plus, not a minus. It's, 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 it's a zero. <laughs> we, we will. He, he will answer for this at the pearly gates. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, let me think. Um, there's kind of a lot of Edward stuff in these chapters now, or Mm -hmm. I guess in this last chapter, um, because when Bella wakes up and they sort of have a fun conversation and then he pretends to be asleep while Renee's there and we'll sort of get to, like, his thoughts there and then they have the argument, um... And I'm, I'm. This feels like it could be a real roller coaster for points. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let me scroll back to the beginning, very beginning here, and see. I think I highlighted some stuff that's like, oh, that's fun. He's being fun. Um. Well, first things first. He does. He does put her mind at ease. He's like, it is not your fault, you know, because she's been worrying that that this is going to be perceived as like some betrayal of hers uh to the cullens right um and he's like no no like the 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 tracker tricked us all um uh, you have nothing to apologize for how's how's that how's that that's pretty that's pretty nice he's being noble you know he's making sure that he's making sure that she's not worrying about it yeah, because like, really, she did a very stupid thing. She really did. Like, really, really stupid plan. So, yeah, it's good that he was able to just say, like, don't worry about it. It's cool. Okay. That's like Fiverr. A Fiverr? Yeah. Five? Okay. Plus five. He then, let's see. Uh, he informs her of the blood transfusion. They talk about how nice she smells. Um... Hmm. Oh, he says, oh, 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 he tells her all about sucking the poison out, right? Um, and she asks, you know, oh, how did, how did you resist drinking me all up? And he's like, I, I, you need to exist because I simply must love you. That's kind of swaggy. Yeah, that's a good save. Cause like, oh, how could, how, how could you resist me? Mm. It's like, you know. I was able to resist you, but it's like, yeah. oh, but I can't resist being around you. I can't. I, I would rather, you know, I would rather you exist than kill you and drink your blood. That's kind of right. a cool vampire thing to say. 
Yeah. Um, it's a kind of an interesting uh, comparison to him praying to God to help him break up with her five minutes beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> really throwing some <laughs> different different tone to some of this conversation. A little, maybe. a little. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, what do you think? Five, ten. Uh, I think that's got to be a five in context with the previous scene. Yeah, he sa- he says it. Does he mean it? We don't really know. Let's see. Uh, we 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 talk about the James and or the the Emmett and and Jasper with James stuff. But we sort we 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 got we gave him the sort of truncated points for that last episode. Um, yeah. Uh oh, he uh he makes a weird comment about her being afraid of needles. Yeah, he, he does. He kind of does like a whole stand-up bit about it, honestly. Like, like, oh, so you're not scared of vampires, but <laughs> he, yeah, he goes on for like a full paragraph in Twilight. So I guess, I guess picture this: you're, you know, you're in, you're in the hospital. Your vampire boyfriend is there. Um, your your life was was narrowly saved by his actions, and he starts doing a tight five about how you're scared <laughs> of needles. Uh, no, Edward. <laughs> Not not sexy, not a not a no. good look. No, yeah, kind of, he kind of goes a little overboard here. He he, he 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 like says the needles thing, and then he like keeps he does like he like imitates her. He's like, oh, a sadistic vampire intent on torturing you to death. Sure, no problem. <laughs> An IV, on the other hand, he's like, okay, Edward, calm down. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah, that feels like a minus to me, unfortunately. Uh, minus five. Yeah, minus minus five. For his little stand-up routine, um, like I said, I'm I'm really I'm. This is like we've got like a, a little bit of peanut butter left in the jar. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just really getting the knife in there. I really want this PB and J to be good. <laughs> oh, very funny line here. So he he talks a little bit about the about what he's explaining I, I guess we we I, I miss this the context of this in comparison with your chapter but he does talk about like his excuse for being in Phoenix and he said it, it says his his wide eyes were so earnest and sincere I almost believed him myself you agreed to see me and you drove out to the hotel where I was staying with Carlisle of course I was here with parental supervision he inserted vir- virtuously <laughs> um I don't know if that's a boyfriend points plus or minus line, but I did highlight that as like a, hmm, Hmm. virtuously parental supervision. Yeah. Nothing sexier than parental supervision. Yeah. I maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe not points on that one. Just a, just an interesting, an interesting note on the perspective of, of Edward, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Uh, Honestly. Okay. Speaking of like swaggy partner things to say, Mm -hmm. Bella gets the trophy this chapter. Yeah. Uh, Because at one point um, he kisses her and then he, you know, he leaves and she's like, uh, uh, I was not finished. Don't make me come over there, which is kind of cool. Because it's funny. That is cool. She's in a hospital bed. (laughs) (laughs) Bella's so good. Uh, She's she's awesome. Um, I I guess now we got to hand it over to the Midnight Sun side, because this is when when uh, when Renee is talking to her. Um, So do we do we get anything juicy and. In Edward's internal monologue here. He's insightful to the nature of their relationship without being very judgmental. Okay. Plus five? Sure. 
I'm Why scraping, not? scraping the peanut butter, scraping <laughs> the peanut butter. Um, uh, uh, Edward, just, just, just scouring the, this book for Edward, Edward content. Okay, so here, uh, I guess there's no avoiding it. The next big thing is uh, him saying, "I would, I would, I would move far away from you," right? Um, mm-hmm. That this seems like a whiff. I think his like, "What if we broke up?" Haha, just kidding. I swear we won't. Is really bad. It's pretty fucking bad. Like here's here's the here's what um uh here we go. So but he Renee leaves. How was your nap? I asked. Interesting. His eyes narrowed. What? He looked down while I answered. I'm surprised. I thought Florida and your mother, I thought that's what you would want. I stared at him uncomprehendingly. But you'd be stuck outside all day in Florida. You'd only be able to come outside at night, just like a real vampire. He almost smiled, but not quite. And then his face was grave. I would stay in Forks, or somewhere like it, he explained. Someplace where I couldn't hurt you anymore. Here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. If he if this scene was them breaking up and if he mm. showed up and had this dramatic like I can't be with you anymore, it's too dangerous and it's like they cry and all this stuff and he he leaves never to be seen again. That is better vampire boyfriend points than it is to try to squeak out a freebie. <laughs> Yeah, like, the thing he is saying, like, that's the thing, right? He is, the words here are almost noble, right? Like, like, uh, like, you know, this was a crazy situation we just lived through. It, like, it really made me think about some stuff. It is better for both of us if we're not together. See ya, right? Like, that's kind of mysterious vampire longing boyfriend stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But he's he's sitting in a chair, looking like a like a goofus, you know. Like he's just, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like sitting in this chair in the hospital, and he's just like I can just see him there, just like you know, patting the arms of the chair, going like, like what if what if uh, well, you know, just just waiting to deliver this bad news um, and see if he can squeak away. It's yeah, it's really. Real, real big miss, I think. Yeah, it's quite bad. What do you What do you think, points wise? Minus twenty five. Ooh, we are being generous. I'm, 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 I'm giving him a, like a fifty. I feel like that's a fifty pointer, but I'm just. I'm just being nice. I'm feeling nice today. <laughs> okay, minus 25 for trying to get a freebie. <laughs> so fucking funny. Um what next? What's what's his next? Cuz cuz there's a lo- there's a lot of like ups and downs in this in this argument, but like what's what's the next move that we can really score here? I mean, can we just like bundle it up into like one thesis, which is that Ooh. he's like refusing to turn her into a vampire? Yeah, you think we can like look? <laughs> we're gonna negotiate a package deal here. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> okay. thinking. What are we gonna round the package? What are we gonna argue down to here? Here's my opening argument. Yeah, I think he gets plus um, because 
if he just agreed to make her a vampire, that is like so that's not vampire boyfriend stuff. Like you have to turn her into a vampire at some dramatic mm-hmm. moment or a near death uh like experience type thing. Like mm-hmm. it would be so anticlimactic if he was just like, all right. So yeah. him refusing to turn her into a vampire is like the most vampire boyfriend thing of him to do in this circumstance. Ah, I see. I see the argument here. Like he, like, like thinking of the vampire boyfriend story arc as a whole, it would be disappointing for it to happen here is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Right. It has to be a dramatic moment. How do we roll that into the rest of the stuff here? How do, how do we, how do we, how do we roll all of this into one? What's the best, what's the best outcome here? I don't know, but I have one more point to make, which is that I think that Bella is losing some girlfriend points by by asking him to make her a vampire right after he did this, like, monumental feat of stopping her from being a vampire. Yes. Like, he just did something that vampires can't even conceive of. Right. He just, like, moved a mountain. Yes. To stop her from being a vampire. Yeah. She is kind of twisting the situation into uh, making it not a vampire boyfriend story. Almost. Like, she Mm -hmm. wants it so bad, she's like, we need to shift genres. And he's like, no, I am a vampire boyfriend. Right. Um, Okay, I see this argument. I like this. Do we give him a plus, or do we basically... Is the best outcome here that we just sort of say, you know, game called on account of romantic partner not not playing the game right like like is this a is this a is this a a a buy here Ah, i mean what a what a wild departure to have the have the human just throw down and say i want to be a vampire like it's just is like it it's not it's just not done right she's kind of asking to open her christmas presents a little early right yeah, and when he says no, she says he's just she's just like, well, I'll have Alice do it then. Yeah. Yeah. How about this? Yeah. We take points away from Bella <laughs> and we give them to Edward. Okay. Yes. How many girlfriend points is she losing? Human girlfriend points. Hmm. I guess to calculate that we need to decide what is the what was the we I, uh, we started Edward at zero, right? Yeah. So Bella would start at zero. So Bella's going into the negatives here, right? Oh, yep. So it's, it's for, for it to be fair, this is how we have to set it up, right? Mm-hmm. It's like kind of on the tier of stuff that we've given um, Edward points for like being the vampire boyfriend in the story, right? Like she's refusing to be the human girlfriend in the story. <laughs> so I guess I, I think we've given that like like Edward. I think that's when we've given Edward like the chunks of like 50, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So you think Edward gets 50 here? I think I think so. Okay. It's just it's just on a technicality, but I think it's true. Uh, I'm, I'm going to put an asterisk here. Uh, technical ruling. Bella not being the human girlfriend. She wants to, she's, she is angling to be the vampire girlfriend here. Yeah. This is going to get complicated in the epilogue, though, because that is where the story's going. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> this is highly complex. Five plus five. 
minus five for his tight five stand-up routine, plus five, <laughs> minus 25, plus... He is navigated to negative 65. Wow. That doesn't seem fair, but that's, that's the rules. She's making moves, and it's very cool that she's making moves, but we can't judge it the same way now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Negative 65. We've got, we got one chapter left. Yep. He can, he can do, do it. it. But he could also throw it all away. Or and, and, and Bella could also Okay, here's how I think here's how I think this has to go. So these are technical points that have been awarded to Be- to Edward from Bella. Mm-hmm. If next chapter we determine that Bella earns those points back for changing her mind or or how she like it's gonna really fall, come down to like how she gets turned, right? Basically, these are 50 points that can be taken away from Edward in the, in the final ca- calculation. Sure. I, it, does, that, does that make sense? Like, these are on loan. Okay, yes. These are loaned points. That's, I think that's the way this has to work, because otherwise, otherwise we have to, like, reevaluate the whole thing. <laughs> okay. Any more peanut butter that you can scrape out? N- nope, I did my best with that court ruling. <laughs> you, you, you fucking argued... Him getting fifty <laughs> I here, know. pretty it was good. Impressive, pretty good. I, I yeah, I, I, I guess this is really the best outcome he could hope for here. Well, wow, we have gone very long here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shall we? Shall we take it to the close on this? On this after this dramatic upset, this 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 this, <laughs> this wild boyfriend points ruling. Yeah, let's do it. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use it as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. Liz, what are we reading next week? We are reading the epilogue. Mine is called mm. An Occasion. I believe yours is, too. Uh, mine Maybe. is literally just called Epilogue, I think. Oh, mine is Epilogue, colon, An Occasion. Oh, no, you're totally, yes. Okay, it's listed in my chapter list as Epilogue, but the actual header is Epilogue, An Occasion. Okay. And what is that occasion? It's prom. It's finally prom time. How can you do a how can you do a school romance without a prom chapter? Exactly. Uh, well, as exciting as that sounds, as necessary for the genre as that sounds, please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch a eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise